Welcome to Hearthstone, the Grand Tournament. Please welcome our guest moderator from Hearthstone, Production Director, Jason Chase. Hey. Uh, hey guys, good evening. Welcome to the first ever, this is world first, fireside gathering at an Apple store. Um, we have an awesome event lined up for you guys. We're gonna chat a little bit about Hearthstone. And then the really cool part, we're gonna start dueling and actually playing some Hearthstone, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, before we get rolling though, I just wanna do a quick shout out to the folks at Apple for uh, hosting us here tonight and inviting us to come and chat with you guys. So thank you guys very much. All right, so first, before we get rolling, quick show of hands. How many of you guys are hearing about Hearthstone for the very first time tonight? All right, so a few folks, awesome. It's great to have you guys out here. Uh, welcome, one of the coolest things about Hearthstone is that within five minutes, you can kind of learn everything you need. So when we get to the point where we actually start playing, I'm expecting to see you guys out there as well. So please come and join us. Um, if you are hearing about it for the very first time, Hearthstone is an online collectible card game that's set in the Warcraft universe. Uh, you play as one of nine epic classes, and the class you choose ends up playing a big part in how you make the deck of cards you're using uh, to duel with your opponents. Now for the rest of you guys, we'll call you guys the Hearthstone old timers, um, you guys all know as well as I do that this was a very significant week in the history of Hearthstone, because this week marked the launch of our second expansion for Hearthstone, the Grand Tournament. There we go. Now the story behind the Grand Tournament is this is where all the various races and all the various factions and all the various personalities throughout all of Azeroth nominate their one greatest champion. And they send this champion to a huge epic event for fame and for glory and for honor. And so no, no, now normally when we come and chat about new expansions like the Grand Tournament, we're doing this before we release the expansion. So I get to show off cool cards and new mechanics and interesting new ways to play the game. I'm not gonna do that tonight because you guys already have this expansion. You already have seen all the, the new cards in the expansion. So what I was thinking I would do instead, uh, if it's cool with you guys, is pull back the curtain a little bit and give you a peek at how we go about designing our expansions and designing our content back at Blizzard. So the first thing that we always think about when we're coming out with new content, uh, things to enhance Hearthstone, is how can we make new content that fulfills and lives up to the values we've established on the, on the development team. So we always refer back to these things called uh, stakes in the ground. These essentially guide our philosophy, and so th we always come back to things like charm, uh, to things like um, uh, whimsy, and hopefully a little bit of goofiness with the new content we're releasing for the game. So I'll keep on referencing back to those values as I go through the presentation tonight. So before I jump into the details on the Grand Tournament, what I thought I would do is talk a little bit about how the Grand Tournament relates to some of the other add-ons we've released for Hearthstone in the past. So the very first uh, card set that we released for the game uh, after the base set was something called the Curse of Naxxramas. Now Naxxramas is this very well-known dungeon in the Warcraft universe uh, it's essentially this huge floating necropolis that's filled with spiders and undead and abominations and all kinds of other nasty stuff. Uh, so for us on the development team, the main exercise with Curse of Nactramus was figuring out how do we take all this great content that's already out there and adapt it for Hearthstone. So there's all these bosses that our community was familiar with and so we really started thinking about what does a Hearthstone card look like 
uh, when you're bringing these bosses in uh, to Hearthstone. Now our next release was Goblins vs. Gnomes. This came out last December, and it was a little bit different than the Curse of Naxxramas. And that's because we didn't have quite as much lore and characters to go on. So uh, for this particular release, we had to really think about how can we make some more interesting personalities that we wanted to build for a set as big as Goblins vs. Gnomes. So we spent some time thinking about it, and this is where characters like the Anoyatron or the Snow Chugger came from. Um, and we were really passionate about these characters and personalities on the team, and we rolled out and got some really good feedback from the community that basically showed that, yeah, we can make some cool new personalities and lore for Hearthstone as well. So, okay, uh, successful experiment. We should do more of that. The next release after that was Blackrock Mountain. So we kept moving forward with making new lore and new personalities. And that brings us to today with the Grand Tournament. And this is our biggest expansion so far with the most new characters that we've released. And uh, so what I wanted to do is walk you guys through the creation of four of these cards in particular to kind of share a little bit about how we go about uh, developing new releases, new content. So again, going back to what the Grand Tournament's all about, this is where all the various races in Azeroth came together to send their champions. So as we started thinking about who should really have a champion delegation, who should really send their, their greatest knights uh, to fight on behalf of their name, and who should re really be there sort of uh, fulfilling the promise of what the Grand Tournament's all about, uh, this guy came to mind. So if you guys remember, this is King Mukla. He's an immense sky main gorilla. He lives in kind of the southern part of Azeroth. Uh, but more importantly, he's one of the very first characters that all players encounter when they first start playing Hearthstone. Like literally, this is the guy you encounter when you're on your fourth intro mission who teaches you the basics of an important mechanic called taunt. So okay, we want to make sure Mukla is represented. We have to figure out who's going to be a good champion. Uh, to fight on behalf of Mukla, and so what I want to do is walk you through the creation of Mukla's champion. So this is the very first bit of concept art on what Mukla's champion looked like. And okay, it's a pretty decent start. Uh, one of the things we recognized when we first started making new cards for Hearthstone is that in addition to the champion, because you're going to spend a lot of time at the lists getting ready to joust, uh, it was also really important to have a really cool mount. The mount had as important of a role as the champion in terms of the card design. So, okay, Mukla's got his, he's riding on a horse there, and he's got his plate armor, so it's a pretty good first stab. But we felt like we could do a little bit better. There's kind of a Planet of the Apes feel to this guy, not really in the Hearthstone vibe yet. So we started really thinking, like, what else could we do? So, okay, Mukla comes from the jungle. Um, maybe there's something in the jungle we could do that's a slightly more filling mount, fitting mount than the horse. So here's round two. So we've kind of upgraded now from a horse to kind of a cool dino raptor that the uh, champion is riding on. We've also replaced his uh, traditional lance with a sharpened bamboo shaft. And now it's starting to feel a little bit more like Hearthstone. We're kind of getting a little bit more in the zone. But uh, again, we're not quite there yet. So we went back to the team and started thinking, well, can we do better than a, a raptor? What if instead we do kind of like a really angry war hippo instead? And uh, this ended up feeling a lot better. And so we kind of continue expanding on this. And so here's the next pass from there. No good war hippo is really uh, true War Hippo, unless he has his trappings, so we kind of spend more time designing what do the trappings on the War Hippo look like. Um, but as we were looking at it, we kind of realized that, and here's kind of the color version, still not quite there yet. In particular, the mount, now at this stage, uh, is kind of an angry look to him, and that's not so much the vibe we're looking for, not quite as charming. Feels like we could do a little better than that, so we took another pass at what does the, uh, the champion himself look like. 
Uh, he's got a new treatment on his face. We actually have some snow now, kind of representing uh, the fact that he's dueling in a continent called Northrend. We've also kind of at this point, very importantly, created the crest of King Mukla, uh, which you can kind of see there below the, the head of the hippo, uh, kind of the crest of the banana. Uh, and so we're getting pretty close, but it's still not quite there yet because as, you lo as we looked at the uh, champion riding on top, he felt a little kind of scared and a little intimidated and that wasn't befitting a true champion. So we took one more pass at uh, Mukla's champion. You can kind of see here, there we go, the final version. So this is what Mukla's champion looks like in the game today uh, and gives you some insight on how we got there. All right. So the next character I want to talk about is this guy. So if you're familiar with Warcraft lore, this is an ethereal. Uh, now the ethereals are kind of these enigmatic uh, guys from another dimension. Uh, it's basically a dimension of magic and illusion, and they kind of look like these energy mummies, um, kind of collecting all these artifacts and using them uh, to help move forward as a, as a race. So we thought the ethereals would be super cool as a champion in the grand tournament as well. So then we kind of really started thinking, like, what's a, what's a fitting mount for an energy mummy? Uh, and this was our first pass at that. So you can kind of see here the ethereal riding around on this really intimidating scorpion. Uh, and we felt like this is cool. It kind of fits with the flavor. But um, it's kind of hard to see the ethereal at this point. It's sort of fighting with the scorpion. Like, you're not really sure where he starts and where the mount starts. Plus, there's a lot of sort of scary pointy parts. And for a game that really wants to be kind of charming and, and kind of light, we felt like this is a little too intimidating. So maybe instead of the uh, scorpion, we could do like a really angry kind of cool camel. And so we started uh, fleshing this out. Um, and we kind of liked the direction this was heading, but we thought again we could do a little bit better than that. So instead of just doing a traditional camel, what if we do like a mummy camel? And instead of just kind of his traditional lance, let's upgrade him to like an energy lance. And this is actually the final version uh, that we have in the game today for Nexus champion Sarad. All right, so I'm gonna take a quick change here. Now, instead of just talking about the art for these cards, uh, I'd like to really chat with you guys a little about the design for two of the cards that we have in the expansion as well. So this is Confessor Paltris, uh, and this is an image taken from World of Warcraft. And the story behind Confessor Paltris is that she's basically a good guy. Uh, you show up at the Grand Tournament, and what her job is is to make sure you're trained and ready to go to fight the great challenges that await you. And the way that she does that is she summons up the, some of the greatest foes you've had in the past, essentially your memories, in a shadow form and forces you to fight them all over again to conquer your fears and get ready for the challenges that await. So we really like this, this idea, this mechanic. We thought it was a really good fit for Hearthstone. So this was the first pass at what Confessor Paltris looked like uh, when we brought her into Hearthstone. And I'll read it to you. It, says, it basically says, Battle Cry, Summon three random legendary minions and set their health to one. And so the, the spirit behind this was basically that, okay, she's getting these really powerful bad guys from the past, so we're gonna get some legendary minions in play, but they're in their shadow state, so let's set their health to one instead, and that kind of gets a little bit of that vibe across. Uh, then we started playtesting this, and one of the things we found is that she was a very swingy card. And what I mean by that is that sometimes you'd drop her and you'd get like three Ragnaroses in play, which, which would just kind of decimate the opponent. And sometimes you'd drop her and you'd get three Lorewalker Chosen play. And so the outcome was very different depending on how the, the game went for you that particular time. So it was a little bit too swingy. So we decided to take another pass at what could be another cool design for Confessor Paltris. 
So this is round two. Um, at the end of your turn, summon a random legendary minion. This is closer to where she ultimately ended up. But uh, as we started playtesting this, we realized that we were missing out on a cool opportunity, which was we had this really cool new mechanic that we were introducing with the grand tournament called Inspire. And the whole idea there is that you have a sense of agency as the hero and affecting the state of the game board. So we, we thought, is there some way we could tie this idea back in with the Inspire mechanic? So this is round three of Confessor Paltris. Uh, summon a random legendary minion. But she's still not quite there yet because as we were looking at the state that she's in here and we started playtesting it, we found that at six mana, she was a little bit too powerful because you could basically drop her on turn eight and then right away use the hero power to get a minion in play. And for a uh, kind of, uh, most games actually will make it to turn eight. When you actually get to that stage, this is a pretty big shift in the state of the board. So we did one more pass at her. This is the final stage she has in the game. Now she's seven mana. We've also juiced up her attack a little bit, so she has a little bit more attack. Now she's a five attack uh, minion. And uh, yeah, that's how she got to where she is. All right. Now I've got one more card I want to talk to you about. Um, this is Mistcaller Ingvar. Uh, and Mistcaller Ingvar is from a race of green giants called the Cavaldir. The story behind the Cavaldir is that as all the champions are amassing at the Grand Tournament, the Cavaldir see that as their opportunity to attack, so they're kind of bad guys. They show up and pull you away from your training and from your preparations and end up being kind of a distraction uh, for all the heroes who are trying to solve all the problems of the world. Uh, in particular, there's one Cavaldir named Mistcaller Ingvar, this guy, um, who ends up becoming part of a quest, so we wanted to make sure that he was represented in the game as well because he was kind of a well-known personality and kind of, a, kind of a cool dude, so we wanted to make sure he was in the game too. So this is the first pass at Mistcaller Ingvar that showed up in the game. Now, he's, he's a shaman card, and one of the goals we had for our shaman class with the release of the Grand Tournament was to juice this notion of totems matter. And so what that means, the, the principal mechanic of the shaman is kind of bringing these totems in play. We thought it'd be great if maybe we could tie Mistcaller into that goal. So the first pass, and says there's a battle cry, give your totems plus five health and taunt. So he would show up, and uh, he would basically make this really powerful line of totems that would block your opponent from attacking. So, and this was okay. You know, it, was a it was a decent design, but we felt like we could do a little bit better. One of the things we try to do with our legendaries is come up with some really interesting game-changing effects, and Miss Collar Ingvar wasn't quite there yet in the state. So back to the drawing board. Um, and at about this time, we were getting a lot of really cool ideas submitted to us from the community for different types of card ideas. Uh, and one particular fan-submitted card was something called the Spirit Healer. And so you'll, if you kind of play other uh, Blizzard games, World of Warcraft, you know that the Spirit Healer is part of the lore, is this entity that resurrects you and gives you another chance to come back and fight again for another day. So we thought, is there some way we could bring this notion of the Spirit Healer in, somehow tie it in with Hearthstone and use it with Mistcaller Ingvar? And so this is the next version of Mistcaller Ingvar that we did. It's a little small, it's hard to read it, so I'll read it to you guys. It says, Taunt. When you take fatal damage while this minion is in your hand, uh, prevent it and summon this. So essentially what would happen is you'd be playing as a shaman, you take fatal damage, and all of a sudden Mistcaller would jump out, land in the board, stop the damage from going through, and block further attacks uh, for the rest of the turn. So we started playing with this and we liked the idea, and right away we started seeing a lot of problems with this card because what happened was that as soon as people started playing against shaman, they always assumed that Mistcaller was in their hand. Uh, because what would happen is you'd attack, Mistcaller would show up and I have to kind of change your strategies all over again. 
So it had a very significant effect on the overall game itself because you didn't want to overexert yourself, use all of your resources to take your, your, down your opponent because then you'd have nothing left to deal with Miscolor if he showed up. So it started kind of playing mind games with everybody, like, I don't know if I should use all my spells and minions. Let me hold some back in case Miscolor is there. And it broke down the notion of what we were trying to do with Harson. It started to slow down the matches and it made people really second guess the way that they were playing. So like the design, didn't end up working, so we went back to Miscolor again. This was version three, so we went back to tying him in with the totems again. Uh, this time, Miscolor himself is kind of this shield, this taunter, and essentially makes all of your totems invulnerable. And uh, this is okay, it was pretty good. Again, not as exciting as we were hoping, so we did one final version of Miscolor to try and get him to a good design we were happy with. Uh, and this is kind of where he ended up in the final game today. And this was basically based off of a priest mechanic we were playing with that juiced up minions that you had that you hadn't even played yet. And we thought it would be a better fit for Mistcaller. So in this, in this case, he's actually leveling up the minions in your hand. And he's also kind of making the minions in your deck that haven't even showed up yet also kind of get more powerful. So this ended up working out pretty well. And like I said, this is what you'll see if you actually summon the Mistcaller today. All right. So that kind of takes us to the end of the, the cards I wanted to share with you guys. Um, in a little while here, we're going to start the Fireside Gathering. Very excited to, uh, to play with you guys, make try some little Hearthstone dueling. Um, before we do that, though, I wanted to open it up to you guys for some Q&A. If you have any questions about the Grand Tournament or about Hearthstone or about Blizzard in general, happy to field those. So, Hey, thanks. Uh, my question is, with cards like Mistcaller and Confessor that you just showed, it seemed like a kind of top-down design where you started with the flavor of the character and then tried to find mechanics that would evoke the flavor. My question is, did you have any uh, cards where you, they came about because you said, uh, you, you, went at, you went about it from the bottom up. Like, uh, we need this effect in the game. The game lacks taunts at two, for instance. And then find a character to match that. Yeah, we definitely do. We, we do. we look at uh, design both ways, like you said, from top down and from bottom up. Uh, a good example is through the Inspire mechanic, we really wanted to make sure that, again, the heroes played a big role in terms of the design of this expansion. So as we started thinking about how do we tie into that mechanic, we came up with ideas for cards like um, the Thunder Bluff Valiant that's using Inspire as a way to kind of juice up totems. And so to fulfill the promise of what that would be, we kind of did the bottoms up approach to figure out how can we kind of realize that mechanic and sort of uh, use it as much as we need to throughout the set. So it's kind of a balance, um, but we do a lot of that in both in all of our expansions. Hello. Uh, so I just have uh, one question, especially in regards to mobile. Uh, has would, uh, the game being on mobile devices now affect game development in any way, such as like, are you inhibited from adding new features that you would have considered for that it was only on PC, and now that it's on mobile, does it add any like kind of barriers for you? Um, so, so far we've actually spent a lot of time making sure that we can design features that work across all of our platforms. And so from a feature standpoint, we actually have parity right now in terms of all the features that you'll see on a mobile device versus the PC. And that's really important to us. We want to make sure that it's not two different games, but it's the same experience, it's the same Hearthstone feel that you see whether you're playing on a PC or on a tablet or on a phone. Now it definitely kind of slows us down a little bit because it means that we actually have to go through the process often of inventing two very different looking UIs. Like if you play on your phone versus the PC, you'll see that where the hands are positioned is different. The collection manager has kind of been significantly redesigned to work for a phone. Um, but it's our goal to make sure that all the same aspects of the game are represented on all platforms. 
Um, do you see Heart? Uh, do you see Heartzone um, going to consoles anytime in the future? Uh, so we don't have any plans right now to bring it to to consoles. Um, what I'd say about that is we want to bring Hearthstone any place where there's a big audience of players who would love to play it. Um, and so we definitely love, look forward to getting feedback back if that's something that obviously folks are really interested in. But for right now, because we're on phones, a lot of the feedback we've gotten is that people can play on phones and that works pretty well. So there hasn't been as much of an immediate need to bring it to additional platforms from there yet. What's the opinion on bringing different zones to the game, like having a fully structured graveyard effect or, or uh, just allowing more direct access to seeing like what cards have been played and things like that? Is it going to complicate the game or is it something that we could look at and see happening in the future? Um, so when you're talking about zones, like there's different, there's a mechanic in terms of uh, collectible card games where there's different areas like your hand, like your library. Some games have this notion of a graveyard that have, can have cards that you can then interact with. Uh, our feeling on that is that we want to be very careful about expanding the design space and the amount of different areas you have to be aware of as a player because it's adding complexity to the game. Um, you know, this is the very first time we ever released a new mechanic since we launched the game with Inspire. Uh, so it's possible that we kind of explore new versions and new things like that in the future, but we feel like the, the uh, amount of space we have to play with still feels pretty good. We have a lot of great ideas about ways we can push it. So we'd like to make sure we're kind of continuing to tap on that first before we go look at adding things like a graveyard and mechanics that tie into cards you've already played. Uh, hello. Um, so my question is, uh, how much does uh, arena uh, factor into your card design? Uh, how concerned are you about the balance of the different classes in the arena and uh, how, how cards might change that? Uh, we definitely spend a lot of time thinking about it. We want to make sure that the arena uh, which again, for, for some of the new folks, there's a couple different ways you can play Hearthstone. Uh, you can make a constructed deck ahead of time that you can duel with in the ladder. We have another mode called Arena where when you go in, you're essentially building your deck on the fly and you're gonna see how far you can make it with that deck, how many wins you can get before you get three losses. Uh, we definitely spend a lot of time thinking about it. We wanna make sure that all the cards we're coming up with work great in Arena and that um, they're not throwing that out of balance. So um, it's part of our design process. Uh, there's definitely certain cards that get way better in Arena than they are in Constructed, and vice versa in some cases. But um, overall, it is our goal to make sure that things are viable in both. I, I was lucky enough to start Hearthstone very early on, but then I tried to get my friends to play, and they start and they love it and they like it, but then they find out they need to have, you know, uh, Nax Ramus, Blackrock Mountain, and all that, and then th that starts to add up, and then they like, kind of like stop playing. And, you know, I can't get that many people to play. So, so your question is, what are we going to so, do about that? Yeah, the question is, uh, how can uh, how will Blizzard like handle like like two years from now? There's going to be like double the amount of content and even more yeah. to catch up. It's a, it's a really good question. It's something that we spend a lot of time on the team thinking about, because yeah, I mean, with the release of uh, the Grand Tournament, that's like another 132 cards that are out there. And as we keep on moving forward to keep on adding more expansions, the total size of the card set does get bigger and bigger over time. Uh, so it's something we're very sensitive to. Uh, it's something that we are spending a lot of time back at Blizzard thinking about right now and have some ideas around, but we're not quite ready to go into a lot of detail about how that's going to work yet, um, but we'll have a lot more to share on there in the not-too-distant future. Thank you very much for having me out here. It was a pleasure to talk to you guys. look forward to dueling with you. So thank you very much.